Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Coach Squad. This is episode three, and you've got Coach Jim Johnson, and I'm with my buddy, Coach Jared Fell. What's up, man? Not much. Chilling. Chilling. We took a, a week off, so welcome back, everybody. We spent a Thanksgiving holiday with our families, did a little traveling, had a good time, so appreciate everybody coming back to us, and uh you know, one of the great things I got to say is when we come back and we get back at working at this, we were both lucky enough to listen to Simon Sinek live, virtually, <laughs> virtually, of course, New world. do a QA, Q&A with a business that we work with, and absolutely great. So coming back from a holiday, bam, right into that, going into some leadership stuff, pretty blown away by that. What about you? It was, uh, it was very enlightening it was a good very good time especially when the two of us can sit in a room and talk or listen and be quiet for <laughs> however yeah. long it was neither of us were speaking so it was good kept our attention the whole time absolutely ton of notes and it was really great so thank you everybody for coming back hope you had a great holiday and please remember hit us up on instagram at we are the coach squad Send us a message on Gmail through wearethecoachsquad at gmail.com. We want to listen, uh, well, <laughs> listen, I guess read things from you, and then put it on air uh, and really have a good time. Love the interaction with everyone. We've had some great messages, and we both feel really uh, excited to share some of the message that we got from Simon Sinek this week. And one of the things he was breaking down his new book, The Infinite Game, so once again, Simon Sinek in his book, The Infinite Game, and really he explores a finite versus an infinite mindset in this. And one of the things <clears throat> that really struck a nerve with us was in the beginning of this book, there is an opening passage that just really gets you thinking right off the bat. And we're going to start off tonight with that. So you ready, Jared? Let's go. Let's go. A signpost stands at a fork in the road. Pointing in one direction, the sign says victory. Pointing in another direction, the sign says fulfillment. We must pick a direction. Which one will we choose? If we choose the path to victory, the goal is to win. We will experience the thrill of competition as we rush toward the finish line. Crowds gather to cheer for us, and then it's over. And everyone goes home. Hopefully, we can do it again. If we choose the path to fulfillment, the journey will be long. There will be times in which we must watch our step. There will be times we can stop to enjoy the view. We keep going. We keep going. Crowds gather to join us on the journey. And when our lives are over, those who joined us on the path to fulfillment will keep going without us and inspire others to join them too. Woo! That... So, I'll tell you, after reading The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, and then getting to listen to him speak and do a Q&A, coming back to the book, really just start digging into it. And I mean, there was things, I had pages marked and things underlined, of course, but that was, that was, that really, as you understand what the, the finite versus the infinite mindset starts to blow you away. And so if you haven't read the book, a finite mindset is this. 
and I'm, I'm not the most qualified person. This is just based on what I, he's saying in there. It's basically, let's take if you have an athletic team, football, baseball, you know that there's a certain number of quarters or innings. The players all wear the same kind of jersey. There's a referee. There's rules. There's a rule book that you have to follow. You all play by the same things. And that's kind of finite. You know there's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser in the end of that game. In an infinite mindset, so if you took business, is that there's really ever-changing rules. There's always a changing standard. There's always somebody doing something better to up the ante. There's always somebody claiming that they're number one, but there's really not the same set of rules to follow. It's always gaining momentum, and you have to be able to adapt and overcome those things. So you have to have that infinite mindset to really grow and, and keep going with it. So, There's one passage in the book that he talks about the infinite game. There is no such thing as winning an infinite game. In an infinite game, the primary objective is to keep playing to, pers- to perpetuate the game. Yeah. <laughs> There's no winning. No. Wait, and, and how do you judge if you're winning? Because, you know, the goal line keeps moving. Half distance of goal? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it just keeps expanding, so you have to keep adapting. And I think we've touched on some different things in our previous two podcasts of really trying to have that mindset. We're growing, of course, and uh, I, I think just doing this, you know, it might be, maybe this is just self-therapeutic for us. <laughs> it's probably more for us than anybody else. I know, but it, <laughs> I, I will tell you, folks, if you have opportunity to... Listen to Simon Sinek talk about these different things. Get the book, The Infinite Mind, uh, The Infinite Game. It really starts to help you as a coach and as a leader. There's so many things you can touch on. And I mean, Jared, I, I'm looking at notes right now. I've got a couple of things. I mean, just it, it is phenomenal about talking about building a trusting team. I mean, we talked about yes. some of that. I mean, maybe, you know, uh, studying worthy rivals. Uh, having the courage to lead, and I'm bouncing around here, just yeah. I'm so just going over um, the uh, how do you motivate the unmotivational? He talks about that, uh, just about becoming a leader. Um, you know, how do you start change? I mean, just so many things. Just practice empathy. Practice empathy. Yes, yes. <laughs> empathy was the big word. I know you loved that one. Oh God, for you. <laughs> Oh, but it's, I mean, what were some of the things that really hit you from listening to it? Well, right off the bat, he, I don't remember how far into the talk, but he said, uh, to inspire people, as leaders, we are to inspire people to inspire other people. That goes into the infinite game. It goes on forever. Because no matter who you inspired, what you're trying to do is get them to inspire someone else so that it continues going. Um, six degrees of separation, I guess, is what you start to think of there. And uh, that one really, as far as in work goes, in business goes, trying to inspire people Mm -hmm. to be as inspired as I am. How to get them to feel uh, the commander's intent, as one of the other guys we listens to. How do I get people to be inspired as much as I feel inspired to work on the tasks that I'm working on. Um, so if I try to work with them 
so much that they want to inspire someone else, I think that's going to make me better in business, better at my job, better at what I do. Um, and then where does trust come from? I got that written down here. How do you gain trust from those around you? Trust is a big word for a lot of people. Oh, it's one of the things I, I wrote was building a trusting team. I have, I have trust. Like I, it must be 10 times just in this one area that I wrote the word trust underlined it. And one of the biggest things when he talked about building trust and, you know, or building a trusting team, I said, how do you build trust? And it, this just, just kind of really, it's just like any other relationship. It's a process. And it's personal. And you have to see them as a human being. Yeah. And, and there's discipline that you have to, that you give and receive. Um, but it's, it's part of the love and the growth, just like you discipline kids or, you know, anything like that. It's, it's kind of you know, accountability, but having that helps build that trust. And I just, I loved when he was talking about the trust thing. And that's, to me, that's huge. And when you're building a trusting team, part of that is how do you know that you've built that team or built that trust with somebody else? Is that when they're comfortable enough to ask for help? Or, or I, yeah, I wrote that down too. Yes. Or they're able to say, I just don't understand. That, that is a huge level of trust. And I never thought about it like that. I mean, that just was great. And that's huge because if you don't, if you don't trust somebody, you go and ask that. What you're afraid of, if you don't trust that person, what you're afraid of is ridicule or getting made, being made fun of, or maybe looking at you saying, okay, well, you asked that question. That means that you now are inferior and we're going to put you on a different task or we're going to give you something else to do because we don't think you're good enough to do it. Trust is someone that comes to you and knows that you're not going to belittle them, make them feel inferior, and or move them on to something else because you don't feel that they can finish that task. It's just like coaching, right? If a kid doesn't come to you and keep asking you questions, coach, I don't understand the offense. Coach, If they don't tell you they don't understand it and they make the mistake, what do we do as coaches? We tend to pull them out of the situation so they don't cause that mistake over and over again. So what you want to do is build enough trust with that athlete to mm -hmm. come to you and say, and we've had this before, Coach, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's trust that you have with that player, and that's what you want. Well, and I think that's where getting to know them as a, a, a real yeah. person, that human being that's right there, it's, I think that's where you build that trust. Is you talk about the kid that we go, we go to run a play or call a play, and they, they screw it up. Well, do they have enough trust that they can come to us and say, Coach, I don't understand? And we have to give them trust, too. I guess mm -hmm. it goes you know, where, you, where you understand it. And did we understand why they didn't understand it? Because you and I are going to speak at a different level yeah. And to them. And there's times that you and I, have, we could probably say <laughs> we want to do the same thing. And we'll look at each other like, what? Yeah. And we've both given each other the screwball face like, dude, <laughs> what? And we're really saying the same thing. But we're able, we trust each other. Where you've come to me or I've come to you, and like, dude, what, what are you talking about? I don't understand that. That's where I, I think that's great that you hit on that is that that player, especially the younger players, they're still in that process of building trust with people. Other, you know, other than like mom, dad, or, and maybe maybe they don't have trust with mom, dad. Maybe there's some other deeper issues. Who knows? 
that, you know, I mean, that you can really kind of peel that onion. Um, but for them to get that trust to say, I don't understand that play, or they keep running it wrong, maybe it's, it's something simple that they just aren't getting. And I've seen you take a kid and you'll talk about, you walk through it on the field, then, you, you know, literally walk through it. You've drawn it out. You've walked through it. You run it, do it full speed. And you still have somebody come back to you and go, I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> but you've taken the time. You get the drawing board out again. And you're like, all right, let's do this. But here's the great thing. is I, I've seen you do this. And I think you've said you do this with jujitsu possibly also is that, all right, you, here's where everybody is. Now walk me through what, how you think this works. Yeah. And so you get their feedback, and that's where how you can diagnose where they're missing it. And I think that builds trust, too. One thing I saw you do this year, and I've seen you do it in the years past, you put trust in the players to where I, I saw you do it a bunch of times this year. You'll turn to, it wasn't just one of them, it was multiple ones. You understand what I'm talking about, right? This is you talking to the player. Right. You understand what I said, right? And they said, yeah, okay, now I need you to go do it. And the one time you had, I think it was three different players out there on the field and their task was to help the younger players feel more um, like they knew what was going on. They helped them. They were trying so hard to get them to score. <laughs> they were trying so hard just to get them to, to pass and catch. But the thing was is that you empowered those guys to be able to do that for the players enough that the players, the other players that they need some work, right? Because right. they're younger players or new to the sport, and we all deal with that. But you empowered those other kids enough that they would run through a wall for you now. Because they trusted the fact that they trusted you because you trusted them. And we've all been in that situation in sports, work, and anything. You've told me about a couple of mentors that you have now that have brought you up as a first you know one of your first jobs in the industry that you're in and they've always been there for you and you trust everything you say and I remember I have to say this I remember one day I'm talking to you on the phone and you told me something that you and your boss were sharing back and forth and I was like that kind of sounds a little fishy there and you snapped at me <laughs> and I I didn't take any offense to that but what I found what to me what that meant was that you trusted that nobody's going to talk down to that guy because he's your guy he's brought you up from you know he's brought you along and you trust him enough that you'll protect him so one thing i think trust is trust is also showing that you have a level of protection for that person yeah that's, that's a good thought yeah not that you would you know we do have friends that are in the military i have friends out there that you know you would die for but you're not you wouldn't you're not gonna let that guy go down without a let somebody talk down to them which I thought was a good that I've seen you do to players as well because I've said things about some players and you've snapped at me. No, no, that's not what you're going to talk about, Jared. Coach <laughs> Fell, that is not what we're going to say. But it goes it's both ways where we trust each other that if yes. if and that's where it goes back that you've put your hand on my shoulder and I like, dude. <laughs> and it's that reality check. I think that goes back to, uh, was uh the discipline, mm -hmm. you know, that you have to discipline. I mean, it, it's like the tough love kind of deal. Yeah. That's where if one of us, or si sideways, I'll just say sideways, not really that bad or something, but yeah. but if we're going to say something that's probably, we don't think it's going to go the right way, received well, even in our brain, we're like, 
Oh no, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. They're, they should be able to take this. Yes. That the other one of us go, no nah, man, like think about that. And I think that's been big. So that part of trust is good. And I, I appreciate what you said about the players. You know, part of that though, and as you just kind of dig into this a little bit more about building trust, is that for me trusting them, and I did trust them, mm-hmm. that they were going to help those younger players out, is that those players, younger players, now trust those other players. Yes. And so it's like this chain reaction. And, and, and I think that that happens at work, too, is that you have to trust. And, well, you got to build it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. you gotta, you got to build it. It's a process, as, as Simon was saying, uh, which I, I really I appreciate that, that statement. It's a process. Yeah. You don't just – I think people say, well, I'm the boss, so you should trust me. <laughs> but there's moments you're like, oh, hell no. You know, but it doesn't come overnight. It doesn't come with a position. Mm-hmm. It comes with your actions. It comes with the words you you speak that they know that you care about them. It's what's what's the old saying? They don't care what you say. Just they want to know that you care. I'm screwing sure. that one all up. <laughs> but I, there's somebody out there who knows what I'm talking about. But I think that's that's part of building. It's part of the process of building trust. So it goes back to what you just said and what Simon said in that in this thing. To inspire people to inspire other people. So oh, yeah. the things that you did with those players, yes, you showed them trust, but they also gained they gained the trust of the other players through what you taught them. So you inspired people to inspire others. And I know you've done that. Um, I've heard some of the stuff you've said with work and uh, other people that have worked with you, uh, actually, that you do a pretty good job at that even... In the business <laughs> standpoint, I try. I try. I, and you know what? I'll say is that I have not been perfect over the years. Far from it. I have learned a lot, and I've had a lot of people teach me. And I'll be honest. Sometimes I didn't listen as well as I probably should have. Well, there's a whole lot of times I probably didn't listen. <laughs> but I, I think, and that's what we're talking on here. It's not because we have all the answers. <laughs> no, none. None. No. None. <laughs> this. This is. This is open conversation for us. And like I said, it's part of us we're learning. So when we get to talk to each other, we always explore this stuff. When we get to talk to other people, we're learning. And it, that's where, I mean, I hopefully whoever's listening to us, they're starting to think about it and they can apply some of this to whatever they do. It's coaching. They're in a leadership position. If they want to be in a leadership yeah. position, they can do all that. And um, I, I think that's where it's you've got to be able to start somewhere and one of the other things simon said is like where how do you start to be a leader oh you got to care i guess well one thing he said you just gotta you just gotta start oh that's true yes you just gotta start you gotta but he said it's part of the process um he said so if you're out of shape and you want to lose weight or get healthier what do you do well you research different things workouts diets how how are you going to eat but but you got to start somewhere. You got to right. start, and I think that's with what we what we do as coaching and leadership positions is that we started the process a long time ago, and we're still learning it, still going it. There's somebody else. We have the younger players, and hopefully, like when you talked about the trust that I was putting in them, I also I try to get them to look at leadership. They may not see that we're putting them in a leadership position, but something that they can apply outside of sports. That if they see that I trust them, then they trust each other, 
they trust themselves, and then they put trust in that younger player who in turn gives it back to them because they say they're trying to help them. That's going to... What I really believe in is that that, that kind of thing will help yeah. motivate them outside of the lacrosse field or football field or soccer field. That They're going to go apply it in their job. Maybe they apply it with their family, maybe some other friends. Um, but it's a process, and whoever wants to get in that leadership, it's like we talked about coaching. You want to, you, you got to start somewhere. Start the process. You can research it just like you would the diet, but then start. Just get out there. And, and you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And oh, Simon absolutely. talked about that. Is that uh, what, 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 what do you do when you make a leadership mistake, is what he said. Or the question was to him. Uh-huh. What, what do you do when you make a leadership mistake? And it, this was great. I mean, it comes back to this. Uh, he said this earlier. The same thing you do in a relationship. you got to own up to it. Yeah. And I think that is... It, I haven't always owned up to it. You know, it's it's part of uh, having issues of, you know, just trying to learn. Because you are like, well, if I, if I admit that I made the mistake, then I'm a failure. And I think players, that's where they got to learn. And mm-hmm. it goes back to that trust thing. If you got to trust those who are around you that when you make that mistake, or if they make that mistake, just like we're talking about setting down with the player and building that trust mm-hmm. as an owner, is that you got to be able to admit it. The one at that same section that you were, that in his talk I wrote down, um, you know, to be a leader is a bunch of failures. To be a leader is a is a um, combination of a bunch of of failures to become that leader. That I I found that interesting, and it, to kind of go back to a point where you're talking about, you know, if you want to lose weight, you just got to start. Um, you just got to start somewhere. Right. I remember asking my brother-in-law. This was many years ago. He's a doctor now. And we were talking about just body mechanics and stuff. And the question he asked, he goes, does a hun- does 100 pounds ever get any lighter? Uh, no. No. 100 pounds is 100 pounds. 100 pounds. Right? <laughs> that was a trick question. A, a, a pound, well, it's just like that same that question. What's heavier, a pound of feathers or a pound of lead? It's still a pound. It's still a pound, right? A pound is a pound. Fair enough. And he says that do- it's not that it gets lighter it gets easier to move so as you become a leader being a leader is not easy i don't care i I think simon who's cynic who's probably a really good leader i just assume so because he writes some really great books and um gave a really good uh, (laughs) talk but you know i'm sure that there are still things that are hard for him and he's had a ton of failures and he admitted he had a bunch of failures to leading up to where he's at and he can still continues to do it, but he owns up to him, right. like you said in a re- relationship. So, to become a good leader, I think you have to be able to, number one, admit when you're wrong, but have a plan for when you realize that you're wrong, how to help fix that wrong. That doesn't mean you're the one that has to fix the wrong, but you have to have a plan. I, to go to what I do at work, I'll have people call me and say, "Hey, we're building this for you, and there's a problem." I say, okay, what's the problem? Uh, we cut this hole too too deep. And they just leave it at that. They don't have a plan. They don't have... They were the ones that messed up, which everybody screws up, and you just recognize that it. it's going to happen. But they never... They, we have guys that will call and never have a solution. They want you to have the solution. However, they were the ones that messed up, but they don't have a solution. Now, some of the greatest, best guys I've ever worked with out on the shop floor, 
called me. One of the guys called me. He said, hey, Jared, I had this problem. This is what happened. But by the way, this is how I think we should fix it. And ran through it on the phone. And I was still kind of young in my career. And I said, okay, I'm on my way over. And by the time I got over there, he actually had the, the fix planned out. He had, piece, he had uh, some parts there that he could show how he could fix it. But there was a plan there. He owned up to the mistake, but had a plan to fix it and move forward. Now, well, to me, it was my decision whether or not it was a good fix or not, which it was because the guy was really good at what he did. But he owned up to it. But he, he trusted had, you, though. He trusted me. Yes, he trusted me. But he owned up to it, but he had a plan to fix it. And part of his plan wasn't him to fix it. It was to bring someone else in that would help do that. So he had had a plan. He had owned up, he had owned up to it. He had had a plan. And he had actually reached out for some guys for help on how to fix it. Right. So then he calls me over, a young guy, says, hey, dude, this is what we're going to do. I trusted him because of his years of experience. But he trusted me in the fact that I wasn't going to go down there and blow up, you yeah. know, and get really upset. So... He, and that, that was a big learning moment for me because here's this guy that is one of the world's best in what he does coming to me saying, hey, man, I made a mistake. Sorry about that. Here's where I think it is. It was no sorry, but. <laughs> yeah. It was sorry. I messed up. Here's what I think we can do to fix it. I've reached out to this person. What do you think? How do you feel? I can't get upset at that. It, it has made our relationship a lot closer to where, you know, I could use them more and go to him when I had questions. But there was no, there's no way I could be upset. But, you, you know, it's, it's listening to you say that, is, it's not just your engineering field does that happen. <laughs> it happens in other ones, too, where people will come to you with the problem with no solution. Yes. And that's where you're still trying to build, that's part of that process. Mm -hmm. And they got to have the trust in you. You trust them, and them trust themselves. But the same thing can happen with players. Yes. You know, think about that. Is when uh, let's say on defense, you know, we coach lacrosse, and we have defensive cadence that gets called out. Uh, they should know what kind of defense we're in, who they're covering. But how does a goal still go in? <laughs> right. So if everybody does their job, well, that, there should be no goal. And it should be a turnover, and we get the ball up the field. Same on offense. If you if you, everyone goes to the right spot, passes the ball, catches it, you should score a goal. But it doesn't happen. And I think that's where does a player, and like the defense, all after a goal is scored, they always kind of come together, and it's kind of like they're going through the motions of like, all right, what what just happened? And I've seen some great younger players go, hey, look, that was my fault. I didn't slide. I, I didn't pick up this guy. Um, or or even to the next level, they like, that guy's better than me. Yeah. I, I need help. And that is that next level of trust that you can look at somebody. And Simon talked about that, is that that is part of building a trusting team. It's can they say, I need help. And I think when a player says, that player is better than me, I need help, That that's huge. There. It goes in a couple different things there. We've, we've had, we were having a conversation earlier about ego. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really, they put their ego in check. Now, as coaches, I think that's where we have to try to motivate them and figure out how do we motivate them past that. They, the other player might not be better than them, but it might be in their head. So how do we work them through that? And I, that is 
one of the things Simon said, and I'm kind of going sideways on that answer, I guess, but or maybe not, is he talked about how do you motivate the unmotivated? Mm-hmm. I think that's, and he he talked about you you can't, you just try to inspire them, inspire them, yeah, you, you, and you work through what's unmotivating them and inspire them or try to target. And like the player who says that player's better than me. Now there's cases, yeah, there's there's cases some players are better than. Um, and then what you do is we have to coach them through that because you might not be able to put somebody else on them. You might get stuck with that matchup. And that's that's there's just nobody else. And I think that's where you have to help them trust them and they trust you that you're going to put them in a position to be as best possible to succeed. You know what? To go back to that defensive side, you're absolutely correct. So there might not be a better matchup that we have on the team that's going to be able to deal with that guy. So what we do as coaches is try to let the other guys around him mm-hmm. recognize that he needs their help. Yes. And he has to have trust in the fact that his teammates are going to be there to have his back. In lacrosse, we call it a slide. They know that their teammate to the right is going to slide to help him out if he gets beat to the right. But there's 360 degrees of movement on a lacrosse field unless we pin him in a corner. But is the person on the left going to have his left? Is the person on the right going to have his right? And if both, if those guys are there for him, you start to see that their confidence builds because they know that you know what I'm going to get. Be- if I get beat, I've got my teammates behind me to help me. And the trust that you're talking about that we were talking about just a few minutes ago is huge. Because how many guys do we know that have been beat and their body language is roll their shoulders over and they're done? Mm-hmm. Whereas the guy that, that trusts his teammates, he gets beat, he slides back to the position that he needs to go to. And he's not mad at himself that he got beat. He might be a little bit, but he's got a one-play memory where, yep, he beat me. I've got my buddy coming with the slide. i got to help him now. So now i got to fire back over and get into his position to cover where he came from. Um, or I got to drop back in towards crease. No matter whatever the play dictates, they've got to get there. But they swallow their ego and their pride. Pride and ego, same type of thing. They swallow that and say, "No, I just I need to go help that guy out that was just there." And ego is a huge is a huge thing. I see it in jujitsu a ton. And we we always say you got to leave your ego at the ma- at, at the door, right. because it doesn't matter what night you come in. Some nights you're the hammer. Some nights you're um, you're the nail, right? I mean, I kind of hate that um, analogy, but it, it, it's true. Some days you're going to come in and you're just going to walk through people, and then other days you're going to come in and it's you might think that you're going to have a good night, and you walk and there's a long ride, car ride home with yourself. And I used to train on the other side of the water. There were a lot of nights driving home. It was a long conversation. Yeah, it was a really, really long ride home. I'm never going back. This is stupid. It's a big waste of time. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. And then there were other nights where I was like, I couldn't get wait, couldn't wait to get home. Tell my son, right, to tell him, man, I had a fantastic night. Or you know, I tell my wife, and she's like, yeah, whatever. But there were those nights that it's a long ride home. So as a player, um, a competitor, and then I've also had that same thing coming home from work. I've called you on days yeah. that I'm like, you've got to be kidding. I'm an idiot. Why would I do something like that? Or just coming home, calling you, saying, how do I deal with situation X, Y, and Z? Because it's a long ride home. And if I don't call and vent to you, it's even a longer ride home. <laughs> hey, hey I, I used to drive an hour and a half one way to work. And 
I knew I had a long ride home when I'm 45 minutes in, I still hadn't turned the radio on, and I realized I've been in my own head, <laughs> and then I just keep driving and I don't turn it on. But you're having to work through it. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, that's I, a question I have for you is, how do you deal with ego? Not well, yours. How do you deal with someone <laughs> other's ego? Well, I think, I mean, dealing with mine or dealing with somebody else's might be the same. Um we should have had Simon talk about that, but I mean, I guess he kind of did with the different things. Um, the ego thing is, and we we talked a little bit earlier about ego before we went on air, just kind of talking about a player in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think dealing with ego is hard. Now we say deal with it, like deal with it as a coworker or a coach, like somebody has it. Yes. Um, I I think it's so. I'm going to go to that trust level. I'm going to use Simon's trust. Where you're, do you have enough trust in your team that, and maybe that's going to be wrong, but can you go to that person and talk to them and say it? Now, I think, and I'm going to go all over the place maybe on this, but there's a fine line in an athlete, and I, having been one once upon a time ago, long time ago, back in the day, back in the day. Um, ego kind of comes off as cockiness but do you cross are you confident or cocky Mm -hmm. and there's a whole conversation we can have about that and I I was guilty for both I was confident and I was cocky but there's a point you have to have that confidence in yourself you got to have some swagger because if not on athletic field there's the sharks that circle you right but I do think that that's where you can't go into the cocky you can be confident and be a good teammate, a good person, all those things, and not go into the cocky. And I think it happens at work, too, is that you can be really good at what you do. You can be very confident in what you do. That cockiness is ego. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it in the workplace where somebody wants to tell you how good they are, and it's not that they're really that much better, but they want you to know that they're that much better than everybody else around you. And that that is hard. And I have been put in a position before where somebody has made their team feel lesser. And they've gone out of their way to make sure that they told their team how good they were and that everybody should be happy that they're working with them because they're that good and that if they've messed up, if the team messed up, it was the team, not this individual. And that was ego. That was ego. There was no trust in that because what happened as soon as that came out of that person's mouth the trust broke. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, Simon talked about the process of building trust. I think the process to build it is longer than it is to tear it down. Absolutely. I think you can tear it down in a heartbeat. But I think what the ego is that when you see it or you trust others that you're getting the feedback that somebody's ego is really kind of controlling a situation, making it worse most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say most of the time, probably all the time. I don't know how it would make it better. Um, is that that's really as a leader you have to put yourself in that uncomfortable position Um, and Simon said that leadership is complicated um, and it's stressful that's one of the things he made a quote but it is and that's where you go into that leadership mode it is it is complicated and stressful and that you have to talk to that person and talk to them about that ego getting in the way we've seen it with players ego gets in the way 
and we've had some extraordinary players in our years that we've been able to yes. work with, and we've had some that are more gifted talent than others. Sometimes the ego is what separated kids. The bad ego with the most talented kid wasn't a very good player in the long run. Um, the kids who worked really hard were able to put their ego in check. They had confidence, um, but worked hard and maybe didn't have the just God-given skill right off the bat. Some of the most enjoyable players to watch and grow and are going to turn into, sure, fine young men. Not saying the ones with bad egos, because they, they'll probably have a breakthrough one day. But we've had to put players in check. Um, like I said, I've had to put somebody in check in, in the workplace before. It's The ego is hard to deal with. Um, I think it can ruin a team. Um, I really, I just, it, it's we've seen it. Um, it really can ruin it. I saw, um, when I was coaching earlier with uh, my, my son in football, I started coaching him when he was eight years old. And I remember being out there on the field and these people were coming to me and saying, Coach, you need to look at this kid. He is unbelievable. He's, he's going to go to the league, right? He's going to make it to the league. He's eight <laughs> years old. It took me, you know, you, you smile because everybody thinks that their kid is going, is the star. And you hope that they do, right? Your whole parents do. Um, but these people, these kids were getting this, fed this so much that their ego started to get really big. And you talked about players that aren't as gifted when they're younger, but as the kids that are really gifted when they're young, when they're really young, um, maybe with size, athletic ability, and stuff. If they don't continue to work on it, mm -hmm. the kids that aren't as gifted start working on it, and there is a time when they meet them, and then there's a time when they pass them. The ones that are more gifted, right? At the, in the young age. The ego gets in the way, and it's also it's a it's a fed ego from other people, where this person, oh, coach, I, he can do nothing wrong. He practice. We only need practice. I'm just a gamer, coach. But I watch those kids, those kids now that they should now be in high school, and if you're they're going by what everybody said they were going to be, which was also feeding into their ego, their head. You don't see them on the field anymore. You don't hear about them. I know a couple of them that. Are obviously that are incarcerated right now, right? And a lot of the kids, you know what they refer back to? Well, I was better than everybody else. They held me back. Coaches held me back. I should have been there. It wasn't my fault. It was a coach's fault. Coach didn't see it. That's where the ego is terrible, and it's because they don't recognize their own shortcomings or their own um, misfortunes. They yeah. blame it on someone else, and I'm guilty of that a lot um, to do what I can to not be that way but it's it's happened and I've seen it in my career I've seen it in my sport in sports I saw it when I was really young I made some really stupid decisions because in my own head I was better I should have been at one level and wasn't um, obviously in other other reasons but um, but as a leader when I see that from kids it's really hard to put them in check but if I have that trust with the kids or a coworker, right, that's an easier conversation to have. They sit down and relax and they step back and, t and see, you know what? This guy, he's, he's not here to push his own agenda. He is actually here to help me, inspiring, right? Inspiring people to inspire other people. And, there, and that's when we recognize there is no end game. Right. 
the the infinite game because one of the things Simon says in his book is that um, relationships and business there's no end game because there's no first place for a business. Mm-hmm. There's there's no for, you know and I start thinking about that. Well, but yeah, you can hit the Fortune 500, but it can you can still fall. There is no end game. Just because you hit number one doesn't mean you're always going but, to be there. But when he, he he said that. Well, you're number one. Who set the rules? To yeah, make that's you right. Number one. <laughs> so you're yeah. number one on this website. What does the other website say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on somebody else's website, you're not. That's right. So I, I think I like the way you tied that in. That infinite mindset of just continually growing and, and doing that. That's that was good. And as a as a coach, well, well thank you. Uh, <laughs> but as a coach, I think we need to see the in it the infinite. So as a coach. We do coach, teach, and train for a finite game because we want to win. Godfrey, that, that is one thing that we we hate winning worse. We hate losing <laughs> worse. <laughs> we hate losing worse than our players. I mean, there's times you and I we said we up all night long because of right. different decisions that we made or different scenarios we should have been able to deal with. But, and but also as a coach, as a high school coach, you have to look at what's coming up below who you're coaching. You've got that brand new kid that's never played the game, or you've got that kid that's younger, that's really not as skilled and talented, but he's going to fill a spot. So there's still an infinite game as a coach, because we're not here for one season. Yeah, at least I hope not. <laughs> you know, other powers to be make it only be a one season, but to be a a consecutive or a successful coach you have to have an infinite mindset or you're only going to be a one and done coach i agree with you and it's it's so important i like the way you tied that in as as a leader as a coach to have the infinite mindset and simon sinek's book the infinite game i really suggest you know leaders coaches get out break it down look him up on youtube he has some great things uh, he has a video called The Why, which is wonderful, which we don't have time to get into tonight, but that's a whole nother that's level. One. Yes. But, you know, when you're talking about having that mindset, here's a funny story. So, one of my favorite places to eat is Mission Barbecue. Love Mission Barbecue. Shout out Mission Barbecue. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so, I'm sitting there with my wife, and I'm looking around, and I just, I really love going in there. I love the atmosphere i love what they do for the military it just it really just they're they're great people every time i walk in super polite the food's just good every time i've had it um but i'm sitting there and i'm looking on the walls and there was different branches of military there was the firefighters for uh the suit hanging up there was a brand new uh, plaque for a fallen police officer uh local in the area early this year just a lot of it just it touches you when you're looking around and they had the football helmets up for each, and a football jersey for each one of the different branches of the military. And there was a sign up there, and I always when I see it, I always think of Notre Dame, um, play like a champion today. And so it's kind of, when you see that, and then tie it into the infinite mindset of play like a champion today, but you know tomorrow you got to play like a champion too. And then the day after that, and the day after that. So you can really kind of take it, but I was sitting there, and there was another sign on the wide, and I don't know why I hadn't seen it. Maybe just because we're doing the podcast, we're talking about leadership, Simon Sinek. And I'm sitting there, and I look, and my wife's like, what are you looking at? 
And I got my phone out and I wrote down the quote on the wall. And we'll, we'll leave y'all with this tonight. And we would love to, to hear your thoughts about this. Hit us up on Instagram at We Are The Coach Squad or Gmail us. We are the Coach Squad at gmail.com or on your favorite podcast streaming device. Make sure you leave a comment on there. You know, rate us, give us some good comments. But this this is what hit me, Jared. If you know you couldn't play tomorrow, how hard would you play today? If you knew you couldn't play tomorrow, how hard would you play today? Wow. I'm going to have to think about that one. Yeah. So we'll bring that up next podcast. Let us hear from y'all. We appreciate y'all listening. Uh, Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game. Uh, We can even dig into that more some other time. Just tons of information. But we'll talk to you soon. This is We Are The Coach Squad signing out. Have a good one.